Hey everyone, so this is the Haven Podcast. Mm-hmm. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for everyone that listened to our previous podcast. Um, we're really enjoying producing these. So as usual on the podcast, you have myself, Joel, and you have... Tayo, the bro. Come on, come on, come on. Haven, Leicester, um, they're in the building. So, you know, just, just a quick recap around what we spoke about last time. Last time we spoke about um, dating from the secret mm. place. Um, uh, today we're, we're kind of doing a nice transition to talking about um, singleness. Um, and we're gonna be looking, looking at a few things around um, singleness whilst devoted to God, um, why it's important, what the word devotion means, you know, how to cultivate a devotional life to God in your singleness, a whole bunch of things that we're going to touch on. Um, but before we go into that, um, I'd like to do something different. If Tayo, you could give me one word that comes to mind when you think of singleness, and I'll do the same. Mm. When I think of singleness, in, in a singleness season the word that comes to mind is focus nice focus comes to mind for me i think the word that comes to mind is wholeness Mm. and when i say wholeness i don't mean wholeness as in perfection yeah Uh, but that's something i'll touch on later so wholeness for me when i think of singleness Mm. um all right cool so should we should we get started let's go so specifically today, we want to talk about singleness and living a devoted life to God. Um, so maybe what we could start off with is maybe um, some scripture and also talking about why singleness is important to, uh, for all of us. Um, so if Tyler, I don't know if you've got 1 Corinthians 7.32 there. Yes, sir. Um, read so... out for us. I'm going to read from 32 to 34 briefly. Um, and it reads, NLT version, I want you to be free from concerns of this life. An unmarried man can spend his time doing the Lord's work and thinking how to please him. But a married man has to think about his earthly responsibilities and how to please his wife. His interests are divided in the same way a woman who is no longer married or has never been married can be devoted to the Lord and holy in body and in spirit. And I think that really encapsulates why singleness is so important to a Christian and to any believer, because as it says there, you can be devoted to that, to being Mm. holy, to being devoted to the Lord. Not that you can't do that when you're married, but that's your season to cultivate and solidify that lifestyle and that routine and that awareness, you know? Mm, mm. Oh, that's awesome. And I also think um, the reason why singleness is important, um, I see it as a time of discovery and learning. Mm, mm, Um, I say that because when we look at Genesis, when God created Adam, Mm. um, we see that before Eve came about, God gave Adam certain responsibilities like naming the animals. Um, um, but even on top of that 
we see we know that Adam is someone who walked in close relationship with God. Um, and I think the reason why singleness is important is that you get to you get to explore mm. um, you get to explore around you know what your responsibilities are as a man yeah. um, but also you get to really use that time to grow deeper and deeper in your knowledge of who God is. Wow, that's all good. That's all good. That's all good. I would add one more statement to that in that your mind and your focus can solely be on pleasing the Lord. You know, because when you now enter into a marriage, into a relationship, that is one of your priorities. God gives you that responsibility to cultivate your marriage and please your wife, as the word says here. But in the time of singleness, your sole desire and focus, you can be almost one track minded in, in how you want to do things. It, your sole desire is just pleasing the Lord. It's that tunnel vision. How do I please God? And you have no other responsibilities that are of likeness because your marriage, God puts it at, at the highest of your responsibilities on this earth. You know? And in that time of singleness, you really get to focus on what does it look like to please God in your life, in my life, you know, in those watching, how, how do I please God in my life whilst I'm single? That's when you learn to, to focus your thoughts the way you think your entire mind is focused on pleasing God. So it's a powerful time. And I also think, as you were speaking, Tayo, literally what came to mind, and this links quite well to the Genesis um, uh, thing that I mentioned earlier, I think it's I think singleness is a time of discovering your vision. Mm. Um, you know what what is your vision? What is your life mission? Yeah. And and I say that because you know I think I think verses like seeking you first and all these things will be added on to you. I think um, when we see God giving Adam certain responsibilities, I think all of that imply that that this is someone or these are people who, who those who are in that season of singleness this is the time to discover what exactly your vision is mm, mm. what your mission is in life um because then what happens when the time comes that you're ready to get married or start getting to know someone right you can then <laughs> You can then kind of make a decision on compatibility and, and how yeah. your vision comes together. And, and even before you go into that, um, in choosing to get to know someone, one of the things you can ask them, what's your vision? What's your mission in life? Yeah. Um, yeah. From what they say, that could be a good starting point to seeing if you're actually yeah. suited to be. So simply put, singleness is the time for you to discover your vision and your mission in yeah. life. Yeah. So I would ask you then, um, because many a times people look at singleness in the transition of looking forward to, to marriage or to dating. But I feel that in that way, if you don't look at singleness in its own form and solely as a purpose and purposed rather to devote yourself to God, you would only constantly link your time of singleness to how you can prepare for marriage, dating and stuff like that. But singleness, I believe in itself, is so powerful that it, you, can't, you don't need to look at it within the trajectory of going to dating. You can look at it in itself and the purposes within that. 
So how would you then describe to someone what being devoted to God in your time of singleness looks like, you know? Yeah, that's, that's, I think um, I mentioned the Genesis, um, Genesis um, kind of passage earlier. And then also I mentioned seeking you as the kingdom of God. Um, and we all know these quite well, right? But I want to get a bit more specific and a bit more kind of maybe practical if I can say that. And I want us to look at the life of Jesus. So I was reading, I was reading Luke the other day. Um, and what I found fascinating is how focused, and you mentioned the word focus earlier, mm. how focused it seemed Jesus was on his purpose and his mission from the age of 12. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I would even go further and challenge some of us here and say that I believe, because we know Jesus existed before the time, I believe that even when we see Elizabeth and Mary meeting and it says that, you know, John as a baby in Elizabeth's womb, that her baby leaped, mm. that she leaped within her, um, John mm. leaped within her. And I think that's quite interesting. I think something we ought to think about is if at that moment that Jesus being in the womb, <laughs> I, I don't know, like this guy knows, hey, when I'm out here, you know, uh, uh, John <laughs> Even things are focused, but um, you know, I think it, it, it all started before time, and the time yeah. obviously is um, uh, Zechariah, Elizabeth, um, mm. me and Mary. All of that is just it's just a demonstration of um, focus. But mm. what I wanted to mention specifically is we see that when Jesus is twelve years old, we see it says in Luke that he was in the synagogue or the temple, listening and asking questions. Mm. Mm. He was listening to the religious leaders and asking questions. I find that fascinating. And I think what we can take away from that is perhaps being focused, it looks like learning from those around you when you're yeah. single. Um, yeah. Of course, you do that all lifetime, right? you're always learning. But I think singleness, when it's just you, when the focus is just you, you can really mm. maximise the amount that you can learn from others. So to answer your question, what the word devotion means, um, what a devoted life means, I think as well as what we already know, the genesis and the seeking you first, I think another way it could even also look like, um, you know, listening and asking questions and learning from those around you. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, I think I would 100% agree. And um, as you mentioned that, that chapter in Luke, I think it's Luke 2 you mentioned, um, I think in the 14th verse, it speaks about how after they had lost Jesus on the way back from that festival, that when they, were, when they did finally find him again, they mentioned how he said, why were you searching for me? I'm about my father's business, my father's business. And I felt like a couple of weeks back, the Lord impressed on my heart what that really means and how, how that looks like in terms of being a son. And um, there's a place and there's a stage in your, in your walk as a son of God whereby you acknowledge that you belong to the family name of Christ. You belong to that lineage. You belong, you're a brother. You're now aware that you've been grafted in, adopted, and no longer are you just adopted, but you're truly a son now. You're not an adopted son. You're not an orphan. You're a son of God. And that awareness brings you the capacity and the ability to, to put on the responsibilities of your family name and, and walk with that. Um, we see in the world now, although very corrupt, in, in, in how it manifests, 
you see a very a very wise thing in the world whereby people devote themselves to to building up their family name and working for their family name and the reason why i say it's wise because it's kingdom the only thing is that in the world is very it's, it's foolish really because your family name can stop at any point you know you're 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 pursuing something that can fall to dust at any point but i believe in the kingdom pursuing the family name and and working towards the causes of your family name which is christ jesus christ he's is the lineage that we belong to we belong to god pursuing the causes of our family name is is the only way we can really adopt a devotional life to god to truly be devoted when we know we're responsible for for the name in which we call um, call upon you know um in another mm. way i can put mm. it it's like if you look at the life of david i think in second samuel 17 we see that when he was battling with goliath before anything had happened the reason why he found himself challenging goliath is because he heard him you know disrespecting the armies of the lord and he 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 wasn't he wasn't going to have that you know he was not having it. and what the lord impressed on my heart through that was that he knew he had an awareness and under, an understanding that he's not here to fight Goliath on his behalf or on behalf of the army. He's here to fight Goliath on behalf of God because this is God's army, you know. So it's removing the, the work that you have to do, the circumstance, the things that you protect and knowing that they're all under God's name. And that's why you fight. That's why you work. That's why you're devoted because one, you're aware that you belong to God. He's your father. And you, everything you do is under the name of Jesus. So everything that belongs to him, you will protect. Everything that, that he's called you to do, you will commit to it because you have that awareness, you know. Mm-hmm. I think what you said there reminds me of um, uh, Psalm. So I've been, I read this, I read this to everyone a few Sundays ago. But I've been literally basking myself in Psalm 91 mm. recently. Um, and so 91 verse 1 says those who live in the shelter of the most high will find rest in the shadow of the almighty and then it says this i declare about the lord he alone is my refuge my place of safety he is my god and i trust him even right now as i speak i really feel that um uh that singleness whether you're in singleness or in a relationship, Psalm 91, particularly verse 1 and verse 3, should speak volumes to you. Mm. Because if you're single, whether you're single or you're, you're in a relationship, God should be your place of refuge mm. and mm. place of safety. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, because I think the challenge, the challenge that many of us have is that we're single, but yet we're constantly thinking, when is the one going to come? Or, and not only are we thinking about it, but we're also getting pressure from the external. Yeah. We're getting pressure from uncles and aunties. When were you married? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So it's very easy. It's very easy to, in your time of singleness, instead of thinking, let me make the Lord my refuge instead of thinking, let me seek first the kingdom instead of thinking, hey, what's my mission in life? What's my mm. purpose? We're set thinking, when is the one to come? And I feel like this verse here, Psalm 91, applies in all seasons where we want to be able to say, 
this I declare about the Lord. He wow. alone is my my place of safety. Wow, wow, wow. That's powerful. So that goes back to how you said finding wholeness in God. That in your singleness, yeah. you need to know that you are whole in him. And anything else that he adds is a bonus and just a benefit. But if they were all to be stripped off, you are still whole because he completes you. That's so powerful. Yes. That's powerful. Yes. That's powerful. Yes. Um, wow. So, and, and, you know, I also think um, it would be interesting to know, it would be interesting to know how, you know, to you, what does it look like or how, people, how could people cultivate that lifestyle? How to cultivate it? How to um, that lifestyle of God being your place of safety, your refuge, and so on. Mm, mm, mm. I think it can look like many, many things, but I think it's only one thing. I think it's when you, God can only be your everything when He has everything. I've heard that statement many times. He can only be your everything when He has everything. And um, that lifestyle of surrender is more than the song that we sing, I surrender. It looks like you displacing and dethroning everything in your life and even yourself. Dethroning yourself from whatever platform you've put yourself on, whatever stage you've, you've put yourself on in your mind or you aspire to be on. Everything in your life needs to be dethroned and he needs to be enthroned. You know, he needs to take not just the highest place in your life, the only place in your life. How do you get to that place? You know, God, God is not here to force anybody to love him or to be devoted to him. But he simply says, taste and see. Just taste. Once you taste and see, you will know. You will actually know the sweetness of his, of his presence. And I believe there's a place in God where he gives you more and more every day for those who are hungry. I see it as the ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. You see, those, those, that process to me um, is first starting with the, the asking. God, I want to be devoted to you. I want to desire you with everything. And what God will do there is he won't just give you that desire straight away. He will put you on a journey whereby you can seek him. If you truly want that, want that seek after me. And, and as Hebrew speaks about, those who, who seek him diligently and believe he's a great rewarder of those who seek him, you know? Meaning you seek him with the pursuit knowing that you will find him and the belief system that I will find God as I seek after him. So he'll bring you on a journey to seek him and you will come to a place where it seemingly feels as though the door is shut to you and you've been seeking God and you've come to a place now where you, you found him in a sense, but the door is shut and he says, knock, go further than you're seeking, go further than you're asking, knock on the doors of, of his gate and know that he will open to you a reality that you, you can never fathom. And I think there's a, I have to also say that um, it's only by the spirit. It's only by the Spirit of God, you know. In Philippians 2, it speaks about, for it is the Spirit of God that wills to do and works out every good work within us for his good pleasure. So it's God's Spirit alone. And that's where we need to rest in his Spirit. As Psalm 91 says, we rest, we abide. But I think as the Spirit leads, not I, as Paul says, I worked hardest, but not I, but grace. As the grace of God leads you, you also have a part to play to want to be postured there and to want to ask after God for these desires, seek after God for these desires and knock. Don't, don't stop with a shut door. You know, that seems to be shut and you can't break in, but tarry in that place. When you knock, you're waiting for someone, you're tarrying. You're like, you know what? I've come to this place, Lord. 
and I'm not going to stop because it seems as though the door's shut. I'm going to knock till, I, 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 till you open, you know, and he will open it. I believe there's a parable in, um, in Matthew where he speaks about that one of the, for asking so consistently that the master eventually just gave it to the person because they were so consistent in their antarian. God, I believe that's God's heart. And he wants to give it to you, but he wants to know how, how much do you want this? Do you, would you see a shut door and, and just leave it there because it's shut? Or you press in and go past the boundaries because you want this more than anything. Um, and God is calling for us men, the church, to, to pursue that and to go after it with an earnest desire, in my opinion. Mm. We heard it from Tayo. Ask, seek, and knock. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what we're going to leave you with today. Ask, seek, and knock. Come on. Stay in tune for plenty more from us. This is yes, just man. the beginning. We've got more in store for you. All right. Looking All right. forward to seeing you guys again. Tune in next time. Haven Podcast. Big up. Big up, you guys.